The Bay's First Farmers Around 5,600 years ago, a woman in Fahardlor went about a sacred task. With reverential care, she placed dozens of worn fragments of pottery into a series of pits. The broken shards she carried had seen long years of use, having helped to feed and sustain multiple generations. Perhaps age imbued them with a link to the past, a tie to the ancestors, or perhaps there were strict rituals that governed the pot's creation, use and disposal. Maybe she hoped the broken fragments would bring good fortune to the home she was constructing at the site. Whatever her reasoning, she did her job well. The 153 shards she buried lay untouched by the passage of millennia, until they were once again brought into the light by archaeologists on the Dundalk Western Bypass. The clay fragments uncovered at Fahardlor were pieces of carinated bowls, the very earliest form of pottery created on the island of Ireland. These bowls formed part of the culture of people who lived in what we now call the Neolithic or New Stone Age. This was the momentous period when agriculture first arrived on our shores. Before them, the rivers and coasts of what would later become Louth had borne witness to Ireland's first settlers, the hunter-gatherers of the Mesolithic or Middle Stone Age. But it was the island's first farmers who left behind the earliest archaeological evidence discovered by the archaeologists who worked on the M1 bypass. The pottery-laden pits of Fahardlor were just one of the nine sites where the traces of the activities of our first farmers were revealed. Aside from Fahard, sites such as Little Mill and Dunamore also offered traces of domestic life in the Neolithic. At Little Mill, a cluster of post holes and pits revealed the location of buildings, one of which may have taken the rectangular form that was favoured in the early Neolithic. The detritus of life lay scattered all about, with worked flint, pottery sherds, and butchered animal bones being recovered. Some of the Little Mill activity occurred a few centuries after that at Fahardlor, but the practice of deliberately burying objects appears to have continued. If anything, it had grown more elaborate. The people who constructed the house had placed 46 pieces of worked flint into a single post pit, perhaps as part of a dedication ceremony for the new building. This house went out of use following a major fire. The fire may have been accidental, or it may have been an intentional ritual to decommission the dwelling once it was no longer in use. If it was the latter case, it is interesting to wonder why the building had fallen out of use. Perhaps the fires were set after the occupant died, or perhaps the families had chosen to move on elsewhere, or perhaps there is a more pragmatic explanation, such as the building simply outliving its usefulness as it became structurally unsound. Before they could build their houses, plant their crops or raise their animals, Dundalk's first farmers had to undertake the back-breaking task of clearing some of the extensive woodland that surrounded them. The stone tools they so expertly fashioned were vital to that work. 
Arguably the most important of all were the axes that allowed them to fell trees, like the one discovered at Fort Hill. The location where a Neolithic toolmaker once laboured re-emerged at Newtown Balregan, where archaeologists identified 69 fragments of worked flint. Most of the fragments were waste created when they struck or napped their flint into shape. But this snapper also left behind a number of finished tools, some for scraping animal hides and plants, some for cutting, and some which were used as projectiles, like arrowheads. The most significant evidence from the Neolithic period was found at Balregan. Here, located on a triangular tongue of land formed by the Castletown and Kilcurry rivers, a prehistoric ceremonial complex had once thrived. It formed a landscape of stone circles, cairns and standing stones. Most of this is no longer visible today, but in the 18th century it remained impressive enough to be sketched by an early archaeologist called Thomas Wright. Though most of the complex was undisturbed by the new road, a small portion of a Neolithic embanked enclosure was excavated in advance of the route. This imposing monument may once have been more than 60 metres across. It boasted an internal ditch, and its entrance may once have been marked by standing stones. The site produced hundreds of shards of pottery, most of it of a sort that is often found on ceremonial sites. The remains of very large pots and burnt fragments of animal bone suggest that ritual feasting may once have taken place here. Balregan had formed part of a regional Neolithic landscape that included the famed sites of Newgrange and the Boyne Valley. Indeed, it may even be the origin site for a number of stones decorated with megalithic art, identified at nearby Tatitra and Newtown Balregan. The Neolithic period ended some 4,500 years ago. In the centuries to follow, there would be much continuity in how people lived, though the succeeding ages would also bring change, notably in material culture and in funerary practices. But there was one new arrival that outshone all the others, both literally and figuratively. The coming of metal. <laughs> 